But Father, we love you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for shifting our hearts, Lord. It's, it's always been our desire, whether we always showed it or not, but in our heart of hearts, we want to be like you. That when we saw Jesus, we wanted to be like him. And thank you, Lord, that Ephesians 1 says that before there was even time, you had predestined us to be adopted as sons as well. And that we could call you Father, born of you, life by your very DNA. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to eat together this week. John chapter 6, verse 57. So mark that down and send us your what the Lord speaks to you. If you're new here, let me put that back up. You can email it to staff at gracechurch.community. When we say eat, we just mean sit with Jesus on it. Let the uh, scripture take you to the author. Uh, Also, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, introducing the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that was one of the teachings of Jesus. Jesus not only taught on and spoke about the Holy Spirit, he delivered him to us. And if Jesus delivers something to us, then we need to walk, walk in it, walk with him. Yeah, receive it. Amen. So we've been talking about the spirit of life. That's the last one here. Some of the functions of the Holy Spirit that help us to know his person better. You know, oftentimes churches, we want to dig into, well, his power and his gifts and all the things about him. What we're endeavoring to do is get to know him. We want to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And then I think, you know, out of that, out of our connection with him, our love relationship with him, we'll see the gifts, we'll see the power, we'll see everything that comes with him. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. We're talking about the spirit of life because that is one of the Holy Spirit's nicknames. With the arrival of Jesus, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. Now, this is the Message Bible, so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's what he's paraphrasing. A new power is in operation. Well, what is the power? It's this, the spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. (laughs) I would even add, I was driving in this morning, Larry, and man, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I delivered you, Steve, from independent self-effort. Now, you ever been there? You're trying to be a Christian without Christ? (laughs) That's a hard taskmaster right there. He gives you life. He gives you himself so he can exude that life in and through you, through your simple yieldedness, your, your simple partnership with him. And so when, when uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death, he's, he's setting you free from the law of independent, trying hard for God, which avails nothing. Amen. You cannot be like God nor even please God apart from Him. It doesn't please God when we're apart from Him. Because Hebrews says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So He likes our full reliance, full trust, full dependency on Him. Uh, every, Every citizen in the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus came declaring, is an ambassador and has the authority to... Put him on display to share the gospel with other people. So let me share John three sixteen, very uh, familiar passage. God so loved the world. Who does he love here? The world. 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man, when I was praying uh, earlier, uh, we were kind of worshiping and praying and all that was going back and forth. I felt it hit like, you know, a powerful, a powerful blast in my spirit that, Lord, I'm going to love people who I'm, you know, may not look like me, may dress this way, may do their hair this way. None of that matters. I'm going to sow the seed indiscriminately. Why? Because whoever believes on him, this is God's desire, because of his love for the world, that they wouldn't perish, same as Second Peter 3, 9, but they would have everlasting life. That life does not begin when you die and go to heaven. That life is yours right now, and you need to be receiving that life, deriving who you are from that life, and then exuding it. Verse 17, for God didn't send his world into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Well, if Jesus wasn't sent here to condemn the world, maybe we're probably not sent here to condemn them either. Amen. But to love on them and share the truth in love. Matthew 13, 38, write that down. That's a powerful uh, statement that Jesus makes. He says, when they said, explain the parable of the tares, he said that the, seed, the, the Son of Man sowed good seed into the world talking about himself and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom so guess what you are who he has sown into the earth you are the good seed and dare to believe all god says about you right danny no matter how good it is (laughs) no matter how good it is dare to believe it and he calls you the good seed that's been sown into this into this world i want to give you a couple other scriptures because I know, I know where the Lord's going, but I want to get these uh, to you and come back to what he wants to wrap up today with. John 5, 24, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, that's the Father, has what? Has life. When you got born again, you didn't get a free ticket to heaven. You didn't get a church membership. You got life. If you're born again, you've been lifed with the seed of God himself. First Peter 1, 23. And you shall not come into judgment, but, 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 but has passed from death, which is separation from God, who is life, right? He is the way, the truth, and the life. So what is death? Separation from life. So we pass, when we get born again, we pass from death into Zoe life. The Greek word is Zoe. It's the divine life of God. Verse 25, truly I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear Him will live. Now, how can dead people hear? Because everybody on this planet is dead who doesn't have the life of God in them. Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to deliver life to dead people. We were dead in our spirit ever since the garden, the fall in the garden. We were separated from God uh, since the fall in the garden. And so Jesus is coming to deliver life. I I think that's incredible. The dead are going to hear the voice of the Son of God. Now this word, if you Bible hub uh, here, the word is a coup. It's where we get acoustic guitar. Okay, number 191, Bible Hub. It means to hear or comprehend or understand. How I many of you know sometimes you, your kids may say they heard you, but if they didn't do anything about it, well, they didn't really hear you. Yeah. 
What'd you say, Ron? <laughs> Put some bullets in the gun. Yeah, don't have em- empty uh, emptiness in your words. No, uh, we we can hear, but it really means to comprehend and to understand. And that's what he's saying. The dead will be able to hear the voice, Son of God, and whoever hears me, they'll live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he's granted the Son to have life in himself. Now remember, he's talking to people who are trying hard religiously. And what's he telling them is going to help them? Life. See, I am one of these. I went through church. I went to church. I've been in church since, you know, I was born. I've been in church. And for many, 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 many years, I tried to try hard religiously and never understood. He had lifed me and that the life of Christ in me can perform what God asked for. That's why Jesus could say, my yoke is easy, man. My burden is light. Come to me, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come unto me, take my yoke. What does a yoke do? Two become one. That's what a yoke does. Two become one, and they do it together. I was trying so hard and failing miserably. And then the last one is learn from me. So we're, do, we're walking this out together. But I love that the father has life in himself, but he didn't hoard it. Then he gave it to the son who has life in himself. And he didn't hoard it because in John 10, 10, the son said, I've come that you might have and have it more abundantly. What's the, what's the Greek word for life right there? Zoe, divine life of God. So the father imparted the life to the son, the firstborn among many other brethren, the firstborn from the dead, another scripture says, and he gave life with the idea that this life would come to all of his sons. Ephesians 1, Scott Knepp will tell you, he'll preach it to you if you ask him after church. He, he loves Ephesians. But Ephesians 1, he, he cannot fathom that before the foundations of time, God had ordained Scott to be adopted as his son to the good pleasure of His will, to the good pleasure of God's will. Can you believe that? God wasn't kicking rocks when He came up with this plan. It, it is His desire for you to be His son, His offspring. It's okay to believe it. It was His idea. Amen. It's right out of the Bible, right, Josh? I mean, it's right out of the Scriptures, Ephesians chapter 1. And so He's sharing His life. Touch your neighbor and say He's sharing His life. Romans 6.23, write that one down. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is? Right on. Life eternal. How old are you, Howard? Uh, 11. 11. This guy, he's right on point. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is? Life eternal. You didn't get a ticket to heaven. You didn't get a religion. You didn't get fire insurance. (laughs) You got life. You got Jesus. So we we walk and talk with Him. The gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So what did you get when you got born again? You got God. He's in you. His DNA is in you. When we got saved, it's the gift of God. All right, let's go to John six thirty two. The hits keep on coming. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread. For the bread of God is 
He. The bread of God is a person. It's Christ. Not rules. Not even the, the Bible. It's Christ. Brother Steve, how can you say that? Because in John 5, 39 and 40, he said, you pour over the scriptures, but you won't come to me that you might have. <laughs> if the scripture is not bringing you to Zoe life and the life of God, you're reading it wrong. Scriptures are not a list of rules you're trying hard in your flesh to keep. And then beating yourself up when you fail. Look at this. He says, the bread of God that we're supposed to be feeding on every day is Him. He came down out of heaven and gives what? Zoe, life to the world. And they said to Him, Lord, give us this bread. Sounds good. Well, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. How many of you know if you feed on the things of the world, you're going to be left high and dry? It might, it might seem okay for a while. You know, yay, yay this week, boo next week, whatever it is. But you're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty. If you never want to hunger or thirst again, you want to be able to uh, overcome the ups and downs of this life, then get, get life. Amen. Get Christ. Feed on Him. Feed on Him. We are literally what we eat. So feed on Christ. Feed on Christ. If all you put in your mind and your heart is negativism and pessimism and woe is me-ism, man, you're going to reflect that. So let's feed on Christ. That's what he's talking about in the way of bread. And then uh, John chapter 6, verse 51, I'm the living bread which came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, my body, and I give it for the life of the world in other words i'm going to give myself to life dead people so much better than religion the jews therefore quarreled among themselves and said how can this man give us flesh to eat in john 6 63 jesus explains himself because he's going to talk about eating his flesh drinking his blood my words are spirit and because you're carnal you cannot understand what i'm saying my words are spirit So feed on me, my words, my voice, the living voice, my spirit. That's what he's talking about. Not literally eating his flesh, drinking his blood. But they're carnal. They don't get it. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh, the son of man, drink his blood. You have no what? No life in you. What Jesus come to give us? Life. Whoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life. I'll raise him up the last day. My flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Boy, if there's a message to the church in this hour, at least in the good old U.S. of A., we've got to quit feeding so much on the world and we've got to feed on Christ. If we look like the world, it's because we're feeding like the world does. So let's feed on Christ, the divine vine. As the living Father sent me and I live because of Him. He calls Him the living Zao, Z-A-O. The, the, the source of all life is the Father word right there. So He who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Powerful. Are you being enlightened? Are you seeing some things? Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 45, Amplified. Thus it's written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. He was an individual person or personality. But the last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit that restores dead people to life. The reason 
that people don't flood churches all over America is they don't see life. They might see a church member. They might see a religious person. They might see somebody who's spun up about the rules that you got to keep. And hey, don't do that. You're going to go to hell if you do that. Man, until they got the life of Jesus, they can't even turn from their sin. Even if they quit being stupid about something, they need life. Life is the entrance requirement into heaven. And I'll tell you this. He's not going to ask any single one of us. Remember that old question? If you died today and you went to heaven and God said, why should I let you in? If he's asking you that, you didn't make it. What's going to (laughs) happen? And he's like... Who are you? I mean, we got problems. <laughs> He's going to say, son. He's going to see himself in you. One of the most beautiful things that Jesus did as the son of God for his father was restore the father's ability that when he would look at us, he could see himself again. You say, how, how on earth can he look at us and see himself? Life. He lifed you with himself. And when you get to the pearly gates, he will recognize you. And, and there'll be a party, man. Right? It'll be a party. Did I get through that one? Yeah, I did. He's restoring the dead to life. So the Zoe life we get is not some package that Jesus gives apart from himself. The life of God is not separate from Christ. It is Christ. Christianity has its doctrines, but it's not a doctrine. It has its, uh, you know, creeds. It has its principles, but it's not a principle or a creed. Christianity is Christ. Life has come into the world. I mean, we're getting ready. I love Christmas season. I don't know what it is about it, but I, I think there is some kind of spirit of Christmas that even somehow the world, something happens. I don't fully understand it. I'm working on it. But uh, life has come into the world. And there's something that humbles us that God would love us enough to come down. You don't have to ask Him to come down. God, please come down and help me. God, please come down and save me. He's already down by His love. And He's still here in God the Holy Spirit. The one that we've been asking Him for three or four months. We want to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit because he is God's very presence in this realm. Uh, When I had my personal encounter with Jesus when I was 20 years old, I was up in college. That day, what happened to me is I entered into a love relationship with a person. All I had before then were certain rules that I thought church people were supposed to do. And I was terrible at keeping them. I, I tried hard. But I didn't get united to a a doctrine or a principle. I got united to him, to a person. And then that person, go back to John 5, 39 and 40, pour over the scriptures, but you won't come to me. He takes me to the scriptures. He teaches me the spirit of the letter. Does that make sense to you? When Jesus is laying all this out in John 3 and John 5 and John 6 and all these mentions of Zoe life, he's talking to people who have no life within themselves to execute what is required. So he keeps telling them, guys, the answer is life. And I'm here to give you life. But they rejected him. 
Pride will do that. Pride in the flesh. Pride in your own abilities. Pride in your own works. Pride in your own efforts. The flesh loves credit. But I like what Paul said. He said, what do we have that we did not receive? I mean, how, how, how could we go around boasting about anything? All right, one more. Second uh, Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus would be manifested in our body. When Brian gets cut, the Lord wants him to bleed Christ. Bleed life, not griping. Not whining, not why me, Lord. Let's, let's bleed Christ. When we're struck down, when we're persecuted, Jesus said in the natural world, you're going to suffer. There's, there's fallen, well, even, how many of you know, not just fallen people hurt people, Christian people hurt people. So there's free will. There's free will in, in operation. So you're going to get hurt and you're going to suffer. But man, why are we suffering? So that the life of Jesus is revealed so people can see, man, you're, you're not like everybody else. Because when, when Bill came and slandered all these guys, man, they cussed him out. But you just said, Bill, could I pray for you? Bill, I'm sorry you feel that way about me. But I'm a Christ lover and I can't, I can't help that I'm this way. Right? We, we should be different. Too many times we're looking at what our trials are doing to us instead of what are our trials doing for us. What they're doing for you is they ought to be revealing that there's life in you. You're not like everybody else. Come on, Holy Ghost. Man, I feel this thing. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life, the Zoe life of Jesus would be manifested in our mortal flesh. Amen. If you've got Christ, you've got life. And I'm telling you, He didn't light you or life you to hide you. He didn't light you to hide you. So on that note, let me share with you what I think the Lord is saying. Philemon 1.6 says that the sharing of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. I think it's high time you start acknowledging the life of God is on the inside of you. And, sh- and shut down those disqualifying voices. You were never qualified because of what you did right or did wrong. If you've got life in Christ, you're qualified to share the good news. Brother Don came up here and declared to those of you that you're just starting out walking with the Lord. Hey, if you've got him, you've got the goods. You've got a story to tell of how good he is. I was at a discipling conference this weekend and I had, I probably got two or three pages of notes on, Lord, how can I make this easy for them? That there's favor. We don't have to be afraid when we go out and about uh, to just be ourselves and share the gospel and be a witness and all that. How do I make it practical? This guy sitting in my small group, I was sharing in a small group at this conference and uh, he comes up with the easy plan. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Are you ready? You want it? How, how do we be light and salt? Are you ready? Number one, care. Care about them. Don't run up on them judging them. Care about them. Do something nice for them. You know, just demonstrate care and kindness to them. Number two, prayer. Once you make the connection, is there anything I can pray with you about? And then when you're praying, man, be led of the Lord. 
you got an open door to pray for somebody, man, listen, don't, don't turn religious and start praying in King James. <laughs> Just listen. To what, Lord, give me your heart for this person. Lord, show me your love for this person. And then pray. And then number three, share. So you care about them. Then you offer, may I pray with you? I had that down in my notes. And then number three, share what the Lord has done for you. It's as simple as do you, can I tell you why I wanted to, to talk to you today? Can I, can I tell you why I wanted to pray with you today? Because Jesus Christ has turned my life around. And whatever your story is, we said last week, write three of those things down, three of your little testimonies he's done for you, and share that with them but the sharing of your faith becomes effective when you start acknowledging all the good that's in you in christ you got life in you let's go to this one romans 10 14 new living translation how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them how will anyone go and tell them without being sent that's why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news Man, bring them good news. What's the good news? Life. We're offering them life. And remember, you can't save anybody. You're just trying to get them to the one who saves. Amen. Josh Kirkus is the one who had the word at Prayer Shield a, a few weeks ago. Let's be given without reservation or fear. And then the Lord said, put away those disqualifying voices and put away, break ties with your unbelief. Unbelief is what tries to rob you from being God's messenger and his ambassador. You know what I love? 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 18 through 20 talks about that we're, his, we're literally his ambassadors that go forth and say, and this is what Scripture says, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Remember, it's receive life, man. It's all there for you. Remember the jailer in Acts 16? And he said, what must I do to be saved? Well, they didn't give him a big laundry list. Okay, well... Uh, pray this prayer after me. Uh, invite Jesus into your heart. Join a church. Get water. <laughs> what they say? Believe. Now, why is it that simple? Because he's done everything that's needed to be done. All they have to do is believe it. Believe and receive divine life. Amen? It's that simple. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You don't honor Jesus when you say, well, Jesus, you got it all, and I got nothing. The Father had life in Himself. The Son has life in Himself. They both came to share. You, because of the Holy Spirit, have divine life in you. Romans 8, 11 says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you. You have life. You have abundant life. Amen? We should inform our faces. We have abundant life. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. But... If you want to honor Jesus, if you want to honor Him, then live knowing you have the goods. You don't honor Him by saying, He got all, you got nothing. You've got the goods. You've got something to share. You've got something to testify of. Amen? Amen. Kingdom ambassadors represent, this is the fun part, you not only represent Christ, you represent the nation of heaven. Because that's what an ambassador is. He's a governmental uh envoy representative so not only do you represent christ the king of heaven when people meet you i mean think about this what a privilege 
you represent not only Christ, the King of heaven, and who he is and what he's like, you represent the entire nation of heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what do you suppose the culture of the nation we belong to? We're already seated there in heavenly places. What do you suppose that culture is like? Because that's what we're putting on display. Everybody say ambassador. So we represent Christ the King and we represent the whole nation of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus came preaching about. I love Leslie's word about Ezekiel 47. The river life's everything it touches. And so let's bring Christ and let's deliver Christ everywhere we go. When I went to South Dakota to share uh, a month ago or so, the Lord told me, Steve, I want you to deliver Christ to this body of believers. And man, I felt the unction and authority of the Lord in that. And then when uh, I was at a men's conference and Will went with me and Ron and Ron and Stan and uh, that might have been all of us that went from here. But when I was there, it was as simple as delivering Christ. And when it came for my turn to speak, I didn't speak a message because the Holy Spirit said, we don't need another message. These men are hurting and they need help. So I just for for went the message and we got everybody together and we prayed for them and laid hands on them. Why? Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to us. And I think a lot of times we're asking God to do stuff He told you to do. He gave you authority to do it. And we're, we're waiting around, you know, like He's supposed to do something. I think He's waiting on us. <laughs> Could it be, amen? Could it be, remember in Luke 4, 31 through 38, Jesus rebukes the demon... And then he goes on from there and then he rebukes the fever in Peter's mother-in-law. What if he never says a word? Does he have the authority to do it? What if he doesn't release the word? Nothing happens. All right. So what did Jesus do? He actually exercised his authority. Authority that you have in Christ. Luke ten nineteen says, behold, Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. (laughs) Wow, what good news. But authority is meaningless if it's never exercised. And so that prophetic word the Lord had given me that I had to stand for, remember he said, what did he say? It's time to use what you've been given. Authority is just potential until something is said or spoken. So it's time to use what we've been given, speaking and releasing the authority we've been given. Ron, you were there Friday night at the men's group. Was Christ's authority in that room? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The authority of Christ showed up. Why? Because we acted on it. We exercised it. You know how we did it, though? We had to put away all disqualifying voices. We had to put away all timidity because God's not given us a spirit of intimidation, but power and love and soundness of mind. And the beautiful part is, thank you, Lord. None of what we were doing was for show or for dough. We genuinely love those men. And those men were hurting. And 
just, just breaking things off of the mindsets. One man, he was so hopeless. And he's a leader in his church. But he was so hopeless and he had so word cursed himself into nothingness and then his children. But man, we broke all that off of him. Well, how, how do you know it's God's will? You know, when we pray for the sick or you pray for people in bondage. Like, how do you know it's God's will? Don't, don't, don't pray, God, if it be your will. You, when is it ever God's will that the devil is kicking somebody in the dust? When is that ever God's will? And we're all timid, like, well, I'm not sure. I don't know if I really got it. Or, I, you know, maybe I don't say it right. Or, man, just, just speak the authority that you've been given. You're a Christ follower. You're a disciple. You're giving cups of cold water, right, as a, as a follower of Christ. Well, who do you think you are? Well, apart from Christ, I'm nothing. Amen. See, that prayer would be true if you were apart from Christ. Well, I, I don't have anything. I'll probably say it wrong. I shouldn't do this. I really don't want to intrude or anything. That, if you don't have Christ, that's fair. But you're not without Christ. And when Jesus said... In Luke 10, this is so powerful. He, when he said, uh, Luke 10, 19, that behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus is portraying the devil and his minions as inferior to his delegated authority. One centurion even said, hey, just say the word. I know how authority works. Just say the word. My son will be healed. He got it. He understood. What, what is authority? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Where is it, Lord, in my notes here? Yeah, superior power and authority dictates the future of the inferior power and authority. So that's why the centurion said, hey, just speak the word. You're the dominant authority in the earth. And my son will be healed. Amen. Can I say again, many times we ask God to do things He's told us to do. And then we pray these, these wimpy prayers like, God, you know, if it be your will or I hope you'll do it. or my... Man, when is it ever His will that the devil's kicking their teeth in? Amen. Come on. Never. And you're His best option. On your worst day, you're His best option. You receive that will? It's a good word. When you guys go to minister in prison, you go in all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, Jesus said. So go and make disciples. Well, actual translation, go disciple. As you go, disciple people. What does that mean? Start investing Christ in them. You, you got the goods. Woo! Everybody say authority. So Jesus says here, the devil and his minions are inferior to his delegated authority he had given the disciples. Well, guess what? You and I have that authority, but it's not been delegated to us. It's in us. (laughs) Isn't that powerful? That authority is Christ and he's in you. So you're not just hanging on to his coattails over here. He hadn't died and rose again yet. So he hadn't released the spirit. But why is it important to get to know the Holy Spirit? He is the life of Jesus Christ on the inside of you, carrying the authority to go disciple. 
to go make a difference. Amen. I love, and please, please, thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. Email us when you start seeing movement in these, in these prayers because we're already seeing movement. Why? Because we're praying according to His will. It's His will. That none of these perish. None of them. And I'd love to see every single one of these. If they, you know, they come to church here, great. Or wherever they end up going to church. But I want to see every one of them as a child of God. Don't you? And, And we have, we have the authority to petition our Father according to His will for this to happen. So, so as you send it to staff at gracechurch.community, when you start seeing movement or you want to add a little something to it, you know, you guys have been praying for David or you've been praying for Bill. Uh, I'm seeing movement. Can you pray this now? You know, let's, let's work together. God's serious about this stuff. I tell you, what a, what a great morning because I had a lot to say and I got really most of it in. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> couple of more things scott you guys can come authority doesn't guarantee results exercised authority guarantees results and what the lord wanted me to do i'm going to pray for all of us today before we dismiss i want you to begin walking in the reality of the authority you've been given and yes i know that apart from him you're nothing so am i but we're not apart from him okay don't ever forget that apart from him you have nothing we can do nothing john 15 4 Don't ever forget that. But man, don't forget that you're not apart from him. Because this is what he told me. He said, there are many who I've given authority to drive out sickness, change a climate in their house. Change their household atmosphere. I tell men all the time, you're you're seed carriers. If you don't like the harvest in your living room, change your seed. You're sowing something. Surely you don't think the seed analogy only pertains to making children. The Word is a seed. So men, wash your wives with the washing of the water of the Word. If you don't like, that's that's what Christ does for us. He's not going to be different through you than He is to you. Boy, I said a lot right there. Did you get it? He won't be different through you towards your wife than he is to you. And if he's 526, he's washing you with the word. You don't like your harvest in your home, change your seed. Change what you're sowing all over the house. But the Lord was telling me, many have authority to drive out sickness. They can change a the climate. They can change atmospheres on their job even. But they don't believe they can. They don't think they're worthy. And so they've given up. He said, that is a lie and a deception. I absolutely want to affect every climate that you all are in. It's that river. Everywhere the river goes, it lifes where it goes. Let's begin to reclaim atmospheres. Hey, start in Jerusalem. Start in your house. You have authority, whatever. If you've got a spirit of fussing and fighting, or you know that only comes from pride, Proverbs 13.10. Only by pride comes contention and strife. Okay, so if you've got that spirit in your house, cast that thing out. You have authority. Exercise authority. Speak. Speak. Release the authority you have. Rebuke sickness that tries to come in your house. Rebuke uh, pride or fussing and fighting that tries to come in your house. Stand with me. I'm going to pray for you. Woo! Amen. Word up is right. <laughs>
Will, you have anything you want to add before we pray? Ron, you want to say anything before we pray? Let's open our hands. This is just the international sign of surrender right here. My goodness, Lord. Come on, will you commune with Him? Will you engage with the Holy Spirit right now? Just engage with Him. God, I thank You for these young people. Thank You for this generation. What a precious generation. Wyatt, you guys are growing up with all kinds of assignments and shrapnel. You know, I just see going off in the spirit realm over your heads. But you are well able, says the Lord. As a generation, you're well able to move the mountains that I'm asking you to move. To step into being a disciple as I'm asking you to follow me. You are well able. Because where sin abounds, grace does that much more abound. Father, thank you for every young person here this morning. Equipped, authorized, and deputized. They got the goods. Howard has the goods. He's carrying the very life of Christ in himself. Jaden has the goods. She carries the very life of Christ. Raylan carries the goods. you lay hands on your mama today, Raylan, I'm agreeing with you for the power of God and the love of God to show up. I just can't see where it's ever God's will that the devil is beating somebody up so severely. So, Father, with our hearts open and our hands raised to you, I'm going to do exactly as you asked me to do. And Lord, just like a sweet, soft rain, let the reminder of the authority of Christ that's in them, let it rest on them right now. Right now. Like a sweet, soft rain, like a mist, I just want you to begin to receive and be reminded of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Christ Himself that lives in you. Some of you are getting heat on your hands. I've got it all over mine right now. I thank you, Lord, that this is just a kiss from you, a reminder that we have authority to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You didn't say you were going to do it. You told us to do it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, that we could cast out demons. We could heal the sick. You gave us the authority to do it. You didn't even ask us to pray that you would do it. You just ask us to do it. That heat on your hand, just a kiss from the Lord. A reminder of the authority that you have to lay hands on people and see them recover. Some of your lips are being anointed, tingly, getting hot. That's just to speak the gospel. That's just to communicate truth in a loving way. Care about them. Pray for them. Share. Care, prayer, and share. Thank you for anointing their lips, Lord, to preach the good news. How can they know if nobody tells them? My goodness. Somebody here, you've got just a just a tingling, if you will, 
a movement on your shoulders. The Lord says that's a mantle that I am placing upon you this day as my messenger, as my son. This is a new season for you. So if that's you, you just feel something light upon your shoulders right now. Lord is giving you this brand new mantle as his ambassador, as his messenger. Remember now, his yoke is easy. He's not asking you to go prove something. He's assuring you that you've got the goods. You can walk in it. You can walk in him. You can walk in his authority.